everyone, welcome back to another episode of It Was All a Stream. I'm Chris Sachs here alongside my cousin, Neil Carroll. Welcome back. Big stuff this week. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We not only got the premiere episode of WandaVision, we got two episodes of WandaVision that debuted this past week. Absolutely. I think it's a good idea to drop those two. It was a, it was a key clutch move. Very key. I think two on their part, I, I, I know they were kind of saying they were most worried about these two episodes because they were both the black and white episodes. Right. And so to just get, get out those of out of the way, they decided to put two um, in the premiere week, which, um, you know, the black and white didn't bother me, but I'm sure there's people out there that wouldn't have been definitely thrilled with it so they just yeah. got it out of the way um before we kind of get into recaps and everything like that what were your first impressions so as we've been talking about leading up to this every time we drop news and we talked about what it might be and uh, you know i think so far we were right and as much as it was going to be a a commentary slash parody of shows from very poignant generations that we liked 80s uh 90s sitcoms early dick van dyke and uh i love lucy which these were obviously takes on so i enjoyed that i love nostalgia like that that hits me right in the feels i dig it i also liked all the jokes um you know commenting on the time period and how ridiculous certain of the tropes were from those types of shows so just from that, not even into comic book stuff, just from a filming perspective, I was enjoying my time watching it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm right there with you. I think, you know, even outside of the Marvel stuff, they did a really good job um, yeah. with their all the, you know, homage that they give to the old sitcoms uh, in TV history. Um, and then on top of it, you get the Marvel aspect of it, which I, I know I was texting back and forth with, right. with you. I was texting back and forth with your nephew, AJ, who we tried getting back on for to complete the trilogy today, but we were having some connection issues. Um, but talking about all the theories and the mysteries and stuff, which were really great. Um, so I got to give him some credit too, because as we Definitely. get into this more, I have his notes up that he sent us because he wasn't able to join us for this episode. Um, so I've got his notes here. I'm going to make sure that I cover as much of them as possible when we really get into the theorizing and, and conspiracy stuff and all of that. Um, but first it would not be, <laughs> a recap episode without our good old friend wikipedia wikipedia bring it on all right so we'll start with episode one newlywed couple wanda and vision move into the town of westview during what appears to be the 1950s they attempt to blend in despite Vision being an android and Wanda having telekinetic abilities. Also, I want to add that there should be an edit there. It's kind of reality warping abilities as well, Truth. not just telekinetic. Mm -hmm. um, 
One day, they notice a heart drawn on their calendar, but neither can remember what the occasion is. While Vision goes to his job at Computational Services, Inc., Wanda decides that the heart represents their anniversary. Their neighbor, Agnes, introduces herself to Wanda and helps her prepare to celebrate that night. Vision amazes his co-workers with his speed, but is unsure what his company actually does. He is reminded that he and Wanda are hosting his boss, Mr. Hart, and his wife for dinner that night, which is what the Hart represented on the calendar. Wanda and Vision struggle to hide their abilities while making a last-minute dinner for the Hearts. While interrogating Wanda and Vision, Mr. Hart chokes on his food, and Vision uses his abilities to save him. All of these events have taken place on the fictional sitcom WandaVision, which someone is watching on a television. Right. So, a lot happened in the first episode. A lot. There's a lot to unpack across these two. Uh, and I think there's only one... I think there's a there's like a when you see a puzzle and or a code there's a word that breaks the code. I forget what they call it. A cipher. Yes. It's like you you get that and then that answers all the questions. And I think unless it's a true unbelievable red herring, I think that word for us is sword. Yes. So They are all over this these They two are episodes. definitely all over these two episodes we'll start with the first and mm. really the kind of the only nod to sword in the first episode is once the wandavision episode ends right. right they're kind of 1950s i guess it's kind of similar to like um this week or the first episode was uh based off of a I Love Lucy, Dick Van Dyke show yep. kind of vibe, right? Right. Um, and once that ends, you see, you pull out of a TV screen and see the credits rolling on a TV screen and you see someone watching that screen with a bunch of different like monitoring uh, technology and he has a notebook on his desk with and on that cover. the shield, or sorry, the sword. It's not going to be the first time I do that. Right. The sword symbol so for those who don't know what sword is um i believe and i am just making sure i'm getting this right so sword in the comics stands for sentient world observation and response department so the now, easy way yeah go ahead quickly though it has been revealed in different promotional items that when you look at the actual sword logo that they've used, they have what it stands for, like kind of around the edges of the logo. And there's a slight difference instead of it being sentient world observation and response department, it's sentient weapon observation and response department. So, okay. So there's two things that can happen here. Phase four uh, of Marvel was is leaning into the cosmic, all right? Leaning into the Thor Ragnarok, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, team-ups, Eternals, Eternals up. exactly. Yep. 
Um, you know, I'm not a fan of Captain Marvel, but that she's off world doing her thing. So like cosmic is going to be the next thing. I'm excited as are you and everyone else that are fans, because now you get to see some like potentially silver surfer, uh, you know, Galactus, some people that some things that haven't been really treated well in media before given their moment to shine, but are awesome things to see. So sword in its original form is basically shield deals with what's going on on earth sword deals with cosmic threats right so there's that now when you the weapon of it all the change in the language there could this be a um ultron type situation where there's some artificial intelligence causing this issue could be that um it could be technically vision is a an android so right. he would qualify as a sentient weapon mm -hmm. or you could even imagine maybe just someone with powers would be considered a sentient weapon because wanda could potentially be considered a Absolutely. weapon because of what she can do or on top of that right. adding to the mystery you know there's assumptions that wanda is doing this but we'll kind of get to it in the second episode maybe she's not and so maybe it's whoever's doing this to wanda if someone is right. doing this to wanda that is the sentient weapon so there could be a whole bunch of different stuff going on Definitely. Definitely. um in regard to that specific aspect but i think what it's most likely is that wanda and vision in some capacity would be considered the quote unquote sentient weapons. Right. Now there's one more logo that appears and it is in the commercial. Yes. So I wanted to get into the commercial. Let's okay. talk about that. So what's cool about these episodes is that in the middle of them, they really treat them like a, a show, a show. And in the middle, they give you a commercial. So in this first one, it is a commercial that advertises a Stark industries, toast mate, 2000 toaster oven. Now, obviously the connection is to Stark industries. That's the mm. logo on the toaster. Right. Um, I thought what what was really interesting, a couple things. When they turn on the toaster, the power up to the toaster right. sounds like the kind of the phasing cannon or whatever that Iron Man suit makes when it shoots. Right, right, right. It was like it's the like power blaster, up to yeah. that right before it fires. Nice touch. And then the other thing to consider was the red blinking light on it which i don't know what that means yet but that's the only thing that was in color right in this first episode was that blinking light and it starts out slow and then it starts blinking faster and then end of commercial could be the could be the red light like a recording red light could be a blink um like an emergency beacon you know kind of uh, a homing beacon type thing i was thinking about that too but commercial number dose well, let's talk, let's talk about that one when we get into the second episode. Second episode. Okay. So the toaster thing, I love the fact that we've added Stark. We've kind of backdated the logo that goes with that. That was a fun, uh, a fun thing. 
And it was also just kind of enjoyable to see the ridiculous way they would promote a toaster back in the whatever 1950s, early 60s, where this episode's supposed to take place. Um, ridiculously sexist selling of a toaster was, you know, but I, I also, like I said early on, I'm like, I like that they are calling out nonsense. I like that they're showing these things and it's like, yeah, this is what people watched in the 1950s. Look how strange and ridiculous it is by modern standards, you know, and having right. fun with exactly. it. Exactly. So I enjoy that. Um, what did you think of the sitcomness of it all in the first episode obviously we have the marvel aspects yeah but if you're looking at it just as like a, a sitcom from that time what were your thoughts i think it was exactly like sitcoms from that time so it's like one camera you know you're looking at the we're all in the living room looking at the living room um it, there's obviously no uh, fourth wall because you're peering in um when See, and you're going to have to keep me on track because they released two episodes and I binge them. Going I'm going to bleed together. Yeah. So the first episode is Mr. Hart. Correct. The, right. the so dinner with Mr. Hart. And Deborah the Joe Rupp plays his wife. Correct. Who also played the mom on that 70s show of a, yes. a dated sitcom or a, mm -hmm. a sitcom of a time period. Um, so I thought that was fun to see her. She does a great job of reacting to all of the crazy. Yeah. The other uh, hero of that episode is Paul Bettany. Yes. He is surprisingly very good and very funny. Yes. It's almost like he's meant to be in a 1950s. Because <laughs> he has his moments with me when he's acting in, in regular movies where I'm like, man, I don't know. Um, there's things I love him in. There's things where I'm like, ah, pass. Like he did a movie, Wimbledon, that did not hit for me. But I loved uh, his performance in A Knight's Tale. Yes. He played Jeffrey Chaucer, like mm -hmm. a real person from history. Um, so in this, I thought he was the perfect leading man of a 1950s sitcom. Perf yeah, pitch perfect. I do too. I, I kind of want to go back to that character of um, Deborah. Yeah. Is, well, is no, Deborah Jo Rupp is the actress's Deborah name. Deborah Jo Rupp, right. Yeah. Um, so her character. Mrs. Hart. Mrs. Hart. I wanted to go just touch on that for a minute, too, because there is that kind of big scene where we get really the only, I guess, I'll, I'll say break in the sitcom world, right? Where Wanda breaks yes. from this dream. Yes. Um, where they're sitting at the table mm -hmm. and. Mr. Hart starts choking after, you know, Wanda and Vision were just right. interrogated of where are you from? Why haven't you had children yet? Yeah, why are you here? Why are you here? All this stuff. And they literally cannot remember anything prior right. to that day of what happened, how they got there or anything like that, which I think is significant, right? Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. they don't remember any of this. Um, but two she is you know he's choking on right. the on the food and they're kind of in a in a state of panic and just still right they're not moving and deborah's character is just saying stop it 
to, to him at first at first he's saying like oh stop it you're right oh stop it you're fine but then she keeps saying stop it yeah. repeatedly and more concerned but instead of saying it to her husband now she's turning to wanda and yeah. saying stop it stop it right and wanda says vision help him and vision now helps him and then it's back to sit on that world. point on that point i'm not entirely convinced she doesn't know what's going on like i really don't you know i there's that impression, but there Wanda are things, or, or Wanda, Wanda. Okay. Yeah. There are things that happen throughout both episodes that lead you to believe she knows more than is than she's letting on. Absolutely. Well, there's there's really two possibilities. One is that something is this is being done to her. Right. But the other her. possibility is that she's the one doing this. Yes. And that's why someone is telling her to stop it because she's right. the one who's created this reality dream alternate universe, whatever right. it is. I'm sure we'll find out. And I'm um, a subscriber to that theory at the I, moment. I agree. Yeah. But let's get into episode two now because there's going to be some things that make you question that. Yes. So no. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. So episode two hits a stride we have a magic show which i think is hysterical a yes. lot of uh, a lot of mindstone imagery you know the painting on the top yep. of the cabinet his ties you know a lot of a lot of mindstone imagery Absolutely. going on um and again paul bettany genius great he's he's a yeah. machine he chews gum and swallows cuz he's not like doesn't understand mm -hmm. food and then they show what could only be described as a child's interpretation of gumming up the works of a machinery. Yeah. And it shows the gum going down and just like gr grinding up his gears. And then he appears to be drunk, hysterically funny. So let's, uh, let's get into the recap real quick. Go ahead. During what appears to now be the 1960s, so we've moved ahead a decade, Wanda and Vision hear strange noises outside their house, which seems to be caused by a tree branch in the wind. They prepare their magic act for a neighborhood talent show. Wanda and Agnes spend the day with the show's planning committee, hmm. led by neighbor Dottie, and Vision attends a neighborhood watch meeting, where he accidentally swallows some chewing gum, as you alluded to, which leads to right. hilarious Hilarity ensues. to occur. Um, Wanda befriends another neighbor, Geraldine, and notices more strange things. A yellow and red toy helicopter in their black and white world. A voice on the radio that seems to be speaking to her, and a red bloodstain. Thanks to the gum caught in his internal mechanisms, Vision appears to be intoxicated at the talent show and publicly reveals his abilities. Wanda uses her own abilities to make this look like simple magic tricks and fixes Vision by removing the gum from his gears. They return home and Wanda becomes visibly pregnant. When they see a strange beekeeper emerging yes. from a manhole on their street, Wanda panics and resets reality to before the figure appears. The setting then changes to the 1970s as everything becomes colorful. So let's start out 
first with the helicopter. Okay. So the helicopter, again, sword symbol. Yes. Second time now that we see the sword symbol. Second time. Also, second time something's been in color. Yes. And it's red, but also with yellow in this, but it it is red. So it's a a Wanda-esque color. Yes. Very. Not anything else. Very Wanda-esque, um, or, you know, it's funny, it reminded me of Iron Man colors, obviously, because oh, of the red true. and the yellow. Also um, true. Also, an interesting note is that Wanda, so Wanda meets Geraldine, but if we've all been following casting and everything, and, even, right. you know, Kevin Feige announced it, so this is public information, this wasn't spoilers, she's not actually Geraldine. She's Monica Rambo, right? That actress. So that's the character she's playing in the show. So that leads me to believe that the people in this show aren't actually who they are, except for Wanda and Vision. So, for instance, someone like Agnes, right? That's her name in the sitcom Wanda World, right? But it makes more sense now that she's probably Agatha Harkless. Like Correct. we had spoken about in previous episodes, because yes. all of these people have made up names. They're just in Wanda's world. Um, it's also seems like a uh, the theory I have is that a lot of these people are, are sword agents that are stuck in there with Wanda. That's why Monica Rambo is a shield uh, is a sword agent right. on this show. Um, and she's stuck there and she doesn't know why she's there. And she has moments of like forgetting what she's doing there and forgetting right. what her name is and stuff like that. That's what it seems like to me is these are all people I think, that, that got trapped in there with Wanda. Yeah. I think your I think your theory is probably correct. I think there's also a chance that they were sent in to try and work her mind Absolutely. backwards. And then they were just like, like, they, get they had reactions the to right to yeah. the world, mm-hmm. um, but the one a- Agatha Harkness, I think, knows what's going on. I think is sentient. I don't think she's being confused by the Wanda of it all. Um, yeah, she's doing a great job. Catherine Hahn doing a great job of acting that part. Number one of the mm-hmm. overbearing neighbor. Number two, she like she's enough of a good character actress where I can get two things from her. I can get, she's doing a great job playing a 1960s character, but she's also giving off a vibe of like, she knows what's happening. But I think, I think, yeah, I think either this was done to Wanda or Wanda, you know, did this and they sent her in or people got stuck. I think you're probably right. But at the end there, that, you know, our beekeeper guy, Gives the impression they're going in. Gives the impression that they're going in, but there's a couple. So there's a couple things you could take away from that. Mm. One could be that yes, it's obviously he's the beekeeper on his suit on right. the back of it, it. There is a sword symbol again. That's now the third time we're seeing that symbol. Um, and then WandaVision says no and rewinds to before right. he came in. Um, so and I don't that's know where if I was maybe going. that becomes now that person stuck in there with them and will become a new character. Um, or if she does total system resets. To block him out. Right. Um, 
Now, the other thing could be maybe it's someone in disguise. There's some theories out there that this actually could be an AIM agent. Yes, advanced so idea advanced mechanics. Idea me mechanics. They've actually already appeared in the MCU. They were in Iron Man 3. Mm. Um, Aldrich Killian yes. uh, was the head of AIM. Obviously, he died, but it could have moved on. AIM is a big thing in the comics, and they're kind of minion soldier guys are known for wearing these hazmat suits that kind of look like the suit that the beekeeper was wearing. Right. Um, so there could be some overlap there. The all likelihood it has a shield logo on it. So it's or sword logo sword. on it. So it's probably sword. Um, but something to think about in the future. Cause I something to think about. I definitely think, you know, they can work their way make that work. There's a narrative way to make that work, but the very ability, the very moment she says no and, you know, hits the rewind button, she's in control. That's it. Like, that's the answer. She's in control of that world. Now, whether she's being kept in this coma is one thing, but she's in control of what's happening. I, I mean, so here's th that's the what it seems I'm, to me. Here's the wrench I'm going to throw into this. Okay, hit because me. Because I obviously she has a lot of influence on this world, right? Right. But I wonder if there is a potential that she's being manipulated in this as well. Because again, we went over the history right. um, last week. Obviously, a, a big Bam, person that, that right. gets involved with Wanda and kind of tricking her and stuff like that is Mephisto. Mm. He is the one who gives Wanda her twins, right? He uses his powers right. to give her her twins and then takes them back right? and takes them away from her. And obviously, at the end of the episode, she becomes pregnant and we know her twins are coming in this season. So there's a link to Mephisto right there. Also, apparently, um, Agatha Harkless was serving Mephisto prior to becoming a mentor to Wanda. Yes. That's how she was introduced to Wanda's world. And right. we believe that Agnes is Agatha Harkless. And we think as you said, she's probably the one character that's trapped, quote unquote, in there that has an idea of what's going on and knows more than she's leading on to. Specifically, I want to reference a line that's said during that um, committee meeting with Dottie at the head. And Dottie yeah. says, the devil's in the details. And Agnes says to Wanda, that's not all he's in. Uh, I like I it. That's that right. I missed that line. I missed that line. Because again, obviously Mephisto is a demon and he would yes. be the devil of this world. Right. And that's not something that they just threw in there. That was no accident. Right. Um, so that could be something there. I don't know if maybe there's a link with Mephisto and Dottie because she's the one who kind of, again, in this episode, the, you know, the ending with the beekeeper wasn't the yeah. only break. There was also the break where Wanda and Dottie are speaking after the meeting and the radio's going off and right. you hear um, 
like a ham radio voice the, the ham radio voice yeah. where it's the one of the sword agents um well i i forget his name um i think it's agent Wu. agent Wu. yeah who's already appeared as well he was in ant-man yeah. um and he's calling in and saying wanda who's doing this to you wanda who's right. doing this to you there's right. another bit of evidence that maybe it's not totally wanda because why would they be asking who's doing it to her if she was well, doing again, it to herself they might not know she's doing it herself right. but still it it's leaving that bit of amb- ambiguity right um and then you get obviously the interaction between wanda and dotty where dotty is kind of heated. freaking out and right. heated and um wanda says to her i don't mean anybody any harm and right. dotty says back i don't believe you right and then that's when the radio goes Which was and stone. then that's when she breaks the glass and she cuts her hand open and again we get our third sign of color in this black and white world of right. her bleeding hand red again being shown as the only color and there's a lot going on there's a lot going on. Red being the only color shown. Red is her color. Kind of another example that she might be in charge. There's a lot of mentions of Sokovia. Okay. Yep. A lot of Sokovia mentions. So, you know, maybe this has some something to do with the events in Sokovia, mm-hmm. all right, which were traumatic uh, and spawned, spurred essentially the, the two movies, the, the plot of two movies. Um, but I want to give a quick shout out to Dottie played by Emma Caulfield and talk about her comic book slash, um, you know, geek bona fides. She was a huge character in the Buffy, the vampire slayer universe. Mm-hmm. Um, again, carried on into a comic book, uh, you know, collaborator of Joss Whedon and all around excellent actress, you know, underutilized, but excellent actress, perfect for what she was doing as well. Um, Another person that can give you kind of malevolent undertones while being, you know, beautiful and disarming. Uh, But yeah, so I, I just, I think I get it. I think Mephisto is definitely involved. I am still not totally sure, not totally convinced. She's not, leading this world i do think she's being forced into a i'm gonna assume coma like state like i think they i think they have her body and here's why i'm gonna say that or she's almost see, like dreaming yes did you see this uh paul bettany news what's that paul bettany uh did a bit of a spoiler okay oh, should we be saying it does it well ruin it it's not going to ruin it. Okay, cool. It's not going to ruin Go it. Go for it then. It's 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 ambiguous enough to just make you think more, but it is a little mm-hmm. spoilery. Someone was like asked him. He was doing a junket and he was asked, you know, oh, okay, so you're in this thing, blah blah blah, but you die, you know, spoiler alert for that. You died at the end of Endgame, etc. Right. and or, you know, and the mindstone was taken off your head. What happened to your body? And he goes, oh, well, I know what happened to my body. You're all going to find out soon. Right. So his physical body is somewhere being held somewhere or, mm-hmm. you know. Which would make sense. 
held by good guys, held by bad guys. Held by sword, right? If they're the sentient weapon yes uh organization then yes they now, would want uh, to hang on to him is her body being held somewhere well that could be too because yeah. now he, here's what kind of goes towards that theory where this mm. is kind of happening almost in a dr- in her dreamlike right. coma state mm. is that um in the promotional material that marvel has done for instance when um they were doing their streaming tomorrow commercial right instead of saying streaming tomorrow the person says dreaming tomorrow yes instead of streaming and then there's also been dream um promotional material like in posters and stuff where it says dreams uh, dream in it um so you know, maybe it's it's not so literal where she's actually dreaming, or maybe it is literal. We don't know. Um, and then back to your point about Sokovia and all that, all these links to Wanda, it would make sense if she is creating this world that she's pulling from her own history because right. you get Sokovia, you have her link to Iron Man where you have um, the Stark stuff going on with the toaster. And then you have this episode's commercial, which we didn't, talk about is uh, do you want to take it and, and well, let us know I, what this was yeah because i think i think it might be an example of like just a quick hit uh as opposed to a deeper meaning but it's a watch commercial yep a strucker watch which strucker is a name we've heard and uh the logo on the watch is the hydra you know, kind of octopus looking uh, figure. And Strucker being um, Baron Strucker, who was in Avengers Age of Ultron and in the MCU universe, he is the one who uses the cosmic cube to experiment on Wanda and her brother Quicksilver and give them uh, their powers. Now, let's just do a quick disclaimer that's in the MC. That's in the MCU movie universe. Yes, in the MCU, not in the comic universe. No, in comic the comics, universe, he's a, a cap. In in the in the comics, they're mutants, and right. he's a Captain America villain. He's a Captain, right, exactly. Yeah, but you know, it works because you know we're familiar with experimentation on mutants uh, via Wolverine, and you know all everything he goes through, Weapon X program, all that stuff. So it's not new. Um, but yeah, you is Baron Strucker is the, the one in this world that gets her her powers, her and her brother, and does the experimentation. It's likely, you know, because it was also that whole Hydra takeover of Shield. So it's likely that there's still holdovers and leftover information and leftover programs of mind control and experimentation on these types of people with these types of powers, and that might feed into it as well. But very interesting. I'm excited for the next episode. I just want to give one more final uh, Easter egg or hint or whatever it was Uh um, that people may have missed. And that is in the opening credits of episode two. Right. Where it's like the cartoon opening credits, right? Similar to like Bewitched. 
yes. um, where they're kind of going through the house and everything. Um, right. Vision to get ready for the morning. He goes through the walls, goes through the the um, bathroom, through his shower. Then he goes through the next wall into his closet. Then he goes down to the kitchen floor or to the first floor, right? Right. In between floor one and floor two, there's a space. I definitely missed this. You can see there's two bones in the crawl space, but also there's a helmet in there. And the helmet is shaped of the Marvel villain who is a, a big... Um, person in the comics for against Wanda and Vision, mm. Grim Reaper. It's uh, shaped as his helmet or mask or something. I um, like it. So I, I maybe like that was it. just a, a little call out, a little nod to the the villain, or maybe it's a again a hint of what's to come. And obviously, he has links to Mephisto and all that stuff. Well, definitely that was a blink and you'll miss it but and it's, i blinked uh, if yeah. you if you catch it and you know admittedly i saw a couple youtube videos that <laughs> fair enough clued me in on good. it as well That's um good. so interesting to see and it's uh it's funny because at one point too in in the first two episodes vision makes a joke about him not having any skeletons in his closet Right. And there's bones in his crawl space. Yeah, I don't have a skeleton. Right. When he's right, leaving right. his his closet. Nice um, pull. Good pull. Deep cuts. Interesting. Interesting stuff. A lot yeah. to think about. I'm very excited for the next episode to Can't come wait. up. This was a, we finally got Marvel back in our lives. Yeah. Um it's it, it was a great first two episodes, just really, you know, really entertaining, really fun to watch, quick hits, quick you hits. know, nothing. It wasn't too long. It really they did a great job with the first two. And I can't wait to see what they do with the next. The Definitely. next, I think, what are we getting? We're getting uh, seven more. I think this is nine episode season. We're getting seven so more weeks of this. Seven more, but they seem to be moving a decade every episode. So we're going to be in the future by the time they get to the last one. Well, I think eventually it becomes like a, a Marvel movie where they move away from the sitcom stuff to like and now just, we're in a Marvel. A Marvel it's movie. Marvel. That makes sense. That's what they do. That makes um, sense. All right. Neil. Yes, sir. It's that time of week. The time of week that I like to think everyone looks forward to. I certainly do. Let's roll or troll. I'm ready. First, according to comicbook.com, <laughs> Chris Evans is in negotiation or has completed negotiation or something like that <laughs> to return to Marvel as Ooh. Captain America. Okay. Comicbook.com says that Evans is expected to return in at least one Marvel property with the deal leaving the door open for him to appear in another movie later. The report points to Evans reprising his role in a supporting capacity, not a standalone Captain America movie in the vein of how Robert Downey Jr. played Iron Man in Captain America Civil War. I think it's interesting that they use that. I would I would have said in Civil War he was more than just a supporting character. 
I would have thought maybe well, Spider-Man. I think that's but... a pretty specific yeah, reference. Robert Downey Jr. did different roles in a lot of different movies. He had yeah. a standalone, he was in Civil War, he was in Avengers, and then he's in something like Spider-Man where he's in a couple of scenes. Right. Well, so all right. It's interesting so, that that was the specific one. That was where the one they he's went not. With. He's more of a co-star, I guess, not a leading role, but definitely a co-star. I like that. I do like that idea. Here's my thing. I'm definitely rolling. I'm definitely rolling. They had to back up the money truck because he was ready to to parachute out of there, um, ride his shield down the hill, and be gone. So they backed up the Disney money truck. Good for him. Um, he's aged at the end of when we last see him okay so he's aged uh i doubt they're going to go on an adventure with an old captain america oh why Um, not you want michael keaton batman you don't want old cap first how dare you okay i'll have none of your (laughs) snark and sarcasm for uh, your your constant belittling of michael keaton I'm in not batman belittling him. is i loved him in batman maddening sir maddening i loved him I, in batman i'm not gonna engage i'm not even gonna i'm not gonna indulge your your nonsense so are we doing time travel where we're seeing a movie we're seeing a tv show we're seeing something where he's the co-star and we're going back in time it's a possibility mm-hmm. uh could it bring back um his you know, spoiler alert, wife, he goes back and spends some time with, you know, yep. the agent. Uh, all those things possible. I'm rolling with it. I think it's a good idea. I'm excited to see it. Uh, if they choose to keep him an older Captain America, I think it could be a fun kind of uh, role for him and a fun, uh, grizzled, wizened uh, role for our superheroes you know yeah who who knows he's lived Maybe more I, than anyone there ever ever yeah, especially, really especially so, yeah. especially when he's already lived one life and then he goes back in time and lives, and lives this whole second one. right um i'm rolling with it too i think obviously i, I think part of it is for for chris evans specifically and a lot of actors out there is covid kind of showed a little bit of how mm-hmm. like things aren't guaranteed. So take the right. money and the work where you can. Yep. Um, and so Chris Evans was all gung ho about moving on with his career and doing yeah. other stuff outside then of phone Marvel. And then the phone, you know, there's less opportunities now that, you know, co- we've been in a pandemic for almost a year now. Yep. Um, Back the money truck up. So yeah, you take, you take the, the good deal. Um, I, there are theories that they're going to do, like they're going to revisit what it was like for him returning the infinity stones. Yeah. I don't know if I buy into that one because they kind of already showed that movie with Endgame, Like that was yes. a time travel movie. What the, we're just going to repeat snippets. all the same scenes. Right. And two, that's not really a civil war role that's a starring role for him so i don't think we're getting that um at the very least um and then you know there is this caveat that chris evans did throw some cold water on this he Uh tweeted out when all of this was trending he tweeted out quote news to me unquote but it's not the first time a marvel actor has said that they weren't hired when they were so 
uh, keep everything under wraps. We'll have to see what happens. Here's, Hopefully the rumors are true, but not to go happen. off on a tangent, but I do think we should next week spend a little time talking about how he was able to age when he doesn't age and how they're going to deal with that. Like I, you know, if, if we're really going to follow him on an adventure, then they got to figure it out. Like the, the problem that, that Mandalorian is going to have is aging well, baby Yoda because of the rules of Yoda's species and age. He was 900 in return of the Jedi, but you know, but this baby Yoda is 50 and still an infant yeah. at this time. So, and it's the same with Captain America. Like they're just going to, if you're going to go back, you're going to have problems. Yeah. I will say that's not the part of it that bothers me because I think what the, the, the logic behind mm-hmm. it is that he was preserved in the ice as a combination of being in the ice and having the super soldiers. Oh, okay. So just serum. Wasn't that's given a why he didn't age. age. Right. But then when he goes back in time and lives his life, he's able to actually age as the years I can go accept by. That. I can but accept what doesn't add up for me is that they go through all of this explaining how, when you go back in time and you change mm-hmm. something, it just peels off and you get a completely new, a, a new branch of the timeline. Right. If he does that, then how does he show up as an old Chris Evans, because technically old Chris, old Captain America would be in a new timeline. He wouldn't be in that current timeline where he had just left. And that's you know what I'm point. saying? That's um, so that's where they got all wonky with it. Um, anyways, right. moving on. Not to go too down that rabbit hole. Mm. More Marvel news. Yeah, we've actually got a few Marvel stuff. Um, Marvel Studios, uh, Kevin Feige. Yes addressed the possibility of Charlie Cox, the actor, his return as Daredevil. And in an interview with Collider, he says, I look at anything that's happened before, whether it's our movies, whether it's Marvel Entertainment TV series, and particularly, obviously, the comics, video games, cartoons, all of it is available as inspiration for the future of Marvel. That's the way comics have worked for 80 years, so we'll see. So he gave a total non-answer, open-ended possibility of him returning, but comicbook.com again comes in with the reporting and says that actor Charlie Cox has um, was indeed on the set of Spider-Man 3 and finished filming his scenes for the movie. Almost confirming that He's in Spider-Man 3, assuming that he's yeah. coming back as that Daredevil character, not I, a new character. I think we have to roll with this. I think we have to roll with this because I have been a proponent of using t- the television series universe actors in films. Okay? You have a built-in audience. People have tuned in weekly. People have tuned in every time you drop it on streaming to watch these shows. So it makes perfect sense that you're going to take that audience, carry them into the film with you. Um, I think you did a great job as Daredevil. I think that was probably the strongest um, of the shows, you know, uh, in that world. Uh, And that makes perfect sense because 
Daredevil and Spider-Man basically inhabit the same, not only war universe, but they inhabit the same city. So yeah. they're, they, and they have dealt with each other before. There's been crossovers is, you know, in the cartoons, the comics, et cetera. So it just makes sense. Like I, I just, I get it. That's something that makes sense to me. And his non-answer, Feige's non-answer about, you know, using it as inspiration and we can drive from there. That's makes sense. That's the right non-answer. Like, yes, this worked, that worked. Let's take this, let's take that and put it into a movie. Um, so I'm slow rolling it just because it does concern me a little bit that you are going to incorporate stuff that wasn't that great, or at least not to the MCU. You're holding out quality hope for Ben Affleck and standards. Uh, You'd rather um, Ben? No, that's worse. Um, no, like, listen, da the worse. Daredevil Netflix show was, you know, it was fine. It, it was a good show. They had some great scenes. They did a really good job with it. I think mm -hmm. the Netflix kind of Marvel universe that they did wasn't the best. Like, it was, there were some stuff that was really good, others not great. I also, like, it's just weird to me that we've had all these MCU movies, but none of them acknowledged any of the anything that was going on in those Netflix shows. And then all of a sudden they're going to start doing that. So logistically, I, I don't know if it lines up and if they have to do jump through too many hoops in order to get it to work. I'd rather them just like give me a new Daredevil. But okay. that's why it's a slow roll for me because, yeah. you know, I like the idea of having Daredevil in a Spider-Man yeah. movie. That's great. Um, but look at the danger of doing that with Flash. Wouldn't it have been better if they just plucked Grant Gustin and put him in a movie? Granted, they did a bad job all around. But yeah, that's a tough but, one because you know. uh, that's a tough one. Um he would have been, Gustin would have been far more charismatic and interesting and done more to save that movie than Ezra Miller. No offense to Ezra Miller. Yeah, but the, I, I think there's a lot more issues on the DC side, yeah. including in those TV shows, than, than them not crossing over, Fair which enough. they do, but they don't. I don't know. It's weird. Um, anyways, slow roll for me, but we will see what happens. The Hollywood Reporter is reporting that Ethan Hawke has been cast as the villain opposite Oscar Isaac in the upcoming Moon Knight Disney Plus series. Neil, are you I... rolling or trolling with this casting? Here's... All right. Let's talk about Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke has... A history of weirdness. Okay. He's a strange guy. He did a movie about vampires that was good. He was understated in a vampire movie, which is crazy. He was, I think it was called Daybreakers. Understated, did his role, got in and out, serviceable. In general, I have no like for Ethan Hawke. He doesn't do it for me. Hmm. Yeah, it's strange. He was great. He he appeared in um Dead Poet Society as a Ute, training a job, training day, but just not like he's. I don't know. He's like a. He's like he's like one of your buddies that's trying too hard, but you don't want to. You just you go you go to see the show anyway, you know, and you just, oh that was really great, and then you go home. But like 
that's that's he's not you know he's not a he's not a Sean Connery he's not a a Matt oh, well, Damon as it were. Listen, um, but so anyway, and then with his co-star, Oscar Isaac's is the gentleman that played Apocalypse. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean he's been in like a ton of other movies. A ton, but I'm I want to cite that. But I want to you're, you're going to cite the correct? one crap movie that yeah. he was in okay he, to cert, to suit whatever argument and bashing you're how about to do. <laughs> dare you sir how dare you um i'm i'm trolling this i don't it's a it's an obscure title you know so they've already got a, an uphill battle these two people i'm willing to be wowed i'm willing to be amazed i'm obviously going to watch it i'm going to tune in to check it out but i'm definitely i'm trolling this this duo, I don't. Uh, I think they've both been tried, and I think they've both been found wanting. Um. Okay. So I. Okay. Uh, first of all, Oscar Isaac has been in a lot of really good movies, and he's a renowned actor. Ethan Hawke also, like, uh, known as a really good actor, and has kind of tr- is is a good character actor. Renowned, and he I don't does think make. Renowned. He makes really weird choices he does but that kind of is what gives me confidence in this casting because this must be really something different and unique for ethan hawk to choose something like this and actually jump into the superhero world for this um so that's why i'm gonna roll with it interesting very interesting i'll allow it uh, well, thank you for your, <laughs> you know, I support you. your permission. I support you. I give you, it. I give you enough rope to, <laughs> to take your, to take your chances. Finally, for Marvel news, yes. Matt Damon, Matt Damon, has reportedly been cast in Thor: Love and Thunder. I have heard this. I'm ready. I. But- we but don't know what up. kind of role it is. Is it if it's a cameo like it was in right. previously? So it probably is, right? Yeah. But it would be cool if it's a if it's a bigger role. Uh, it would be cool. It would be really kind of funny too if they It'd did the hilarious. same. You know, it'd be hilarious. I'm in. I I enjoy Matt Damon. Matt Damon, like I, you know, and I know this is going to be like an anathema to you, but like I was not the biggest born identity person mm-hmm. um the first one i thought was like interesting but i enjoy a matt damon performance and like his performance in rounders i don't know you know was an excellent film love that movie his performance in uh the departed great excellent like he's doing things he's 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 like an understated guy he doesn't have to be ridiculous and over the top and when he does do that kind of thing like his cameo in in thor it's even funnier so i i think i don't think this can miss i think this is whatever it's going to be is going to work rolling yep i am rolling as well i don't even need to add anymore um this we're gonna kind of breeze by because we've already talked about it a lot but it officially 
um, Ray Fisher has been removed from the cast of The yeah. Flash. He announced it. He said, I received official confirmation that Warner Brothers Pictures has right. decided to remove me from the cast of The Flash. I strongly disagree with their decision, but it is one that is unsurprising. Despite the misconception, Cyborg's involvement in The Flash was much larger than a cameo. Um, and, you know, he's upset at the missed opportunity, but... Yeah. All that stuff. Again, I think, you know, I think we support, if I remember last Nothing week. Nothing to really roll or troll. Yeah. It just supported his just position, but news. whether he was in it or out of it, uh, he might be better off being out of it because I think that film is going to tank. Uh, well, yeah, probably. We'll, we'll have to see what happens and what they can pull yeah, At together. least they can't blame him for it tanking. That's true. So good for Silver you, Ray lining. Fisher. Yeah. Um, Liam Neeson. <laughs> Liam. Good old Liam Neeson's. Liam Neeson. I love Liam Neeson's. He would like to return as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Or, yes. Sorry, as Qui-Gon Jinn in the Obi-Wan Kenobi Disney Plus. Agreed. Series. Approved. Next. I'm rolling with it too. That's, rolling. that's it. That was that's the it. news that he just he said in an interview that he wants he, to be in it. He's willing. The spirit is willing and the body is ready. We're that's all in. He said he wants to be. Yes. He wants to be in it. Yeah. Um, that is tremendous news. Moving on. Yes. While many were calling for the removal of Donald Trump from the Oval Office last week, uh-huh. others were calling for his removal from Home Alone 2. And star Macaulay Culkin agrees. Do you want to take this? Do you want to start so off? You, as a politician, uh-huh. I will allow you to pass. Okay. On this. I, go ahead. I am a little torn because at first glance, I'm like, oh, yeah, roll with this. Get, you know, there's no need for him to be in there. Right. But you can't just like erase history. So that's why I'm trolling it. One, it's a it's a two second thing that he's in. Exactly. And what is it actually doing? There like, is no removing him from exactly. Home Alone Two does not remove him from history and everything that's been done. Right. Love him or hate him, it's, and it doesn't the, change anything. So what is it? there wouldn't be any point. Yeah, the residuals he's getting for his appearance, having a speaking role in a film, is not going to break not, him also like, hate to break you know, it to you they're still in the the whatever the hotel is that he owned he's right, getting residuals own, from yeah. that too like Here's it's not the, just his appearance like exactly he'll still right. make money from it i without you know without getting political what no matter where you stand like i have very strong opinions about him and about the actions that have occurred over the last four years, depending on when you're listening to this episode, if we hit it big and you're listening to it five years from now in some sort of recap, uh, you know, he was president for four years. In the last four years, um, a lot has happened. I am not a subscriber to the cancel culture mentality. Um, to keep it in, in movie terms, there's a movie based on a book called 1984. In the book, in the film, 1984, George Orwell, the whole thing is when you become an obsolete person, when you become 
an enemy of the state, when you become a bad, a quote unquote, bad person, they cancel you. In fact, what they do is they make you a, there's a category called non-person. You're stripped of your rights, you're stripped of your personhood, and they just, we all as a culture have to ignore them. I don't agree with this. I think someone can be a bad person, but have done, have, have, was a good actor once or did a funny bit or, you know, I think you can still derive enjoyment from watching a, a eight-year-old or 11-year-old Macaulay Culkin look up at a rich guy and say, where's the lobby, please? And have him just point. He points. He's like, it's down the hall. And that's it. That's his role in the movie. Like, love him or hate him, removing him from his two seconds in Home Alone from 1992 is not yeah. does not a political statement make uh agreed yeah uh, i mean yeah I, i'm with you on that um i'll say this too no i won't say it go ahead oh i'm kind of interested yeah <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe the uh, overtime i'll tell you maybe another time yeah. um yeah i mean i think i echo uh I, listen if if someone is going to be canceled then like do it with a purpose like there's plenty yeah. of reasons to you know cancel whatever or make sure they don't work again or do it but like to go back and like erase stuff like you have to go back and cgi him out exactly. of the movie waste of time for, for something where like as a kid i had no idea who he was Right. Like it's not like, oh, people are going to, th- you know, kids are going to be, that was it's going to leave an impression on kids. Like it's yeah. not, no one's, and no one's going to notice it. You want to do something, you want to make a statement when the, you know, January 20th is inauguration day. On January 21st, don't give him back the show The Apprentice. That's what you do. Yeah. Stuff you like don't that. Don't watch stuff. his news don't network that the, he's right. going to have. Exactly. You know, they've, they've banned him from, social media like, right it's like enough, you enough. take the steps now for the future you don't have for to the like go back uh, exactly. what, we're just gonna delete all history of the apprentice uh, ever existing here's burn what all his books I, like i was just, here's what i was gonna say before. you know exactly like i said burn all the books in the soviet union every time back when there was a soviet union every time a new leader took over the lenin you know vladimir lenin invented it uh and was the leader and then when he died Stalin took over and Leningrad, the city Leningrad became Stalingrad. Okay. And they erased, you know, they, they praised Lenin because he was kind of the father of it. When Stalin died, they did something called de-Stalinization. They erased him from videos like he never happened. He ruled the country for 40 years. Yeah. I mean, you know, World War II, he's not a good guy. But it's like, what? We're just supposed to believe he just never existed. Like, that's what they're going to do in the Soviet Union. History you know, teacher, too. On. Question for you. The, the yeah. Germans did that to some capacity as well? In some capacity, they, you know, they would rewrite it, history. Yeah. For for themselves. Like, uh, was it that they like, said that it wasn't like World War II didn't happen or something? Well, no, no, no. So it like, was that, or was it that like World War One, they right. didn't have a hand in, and then that kind of led to them just That's getting the into World so like, War Two eventually. Exactly. <laughs> when when Hitler yeah, when Hitler took over, yeah, he wrote a whole rewrote a whole bunch of history, and and then mind warped everybody into believing it, and that's yeah. how you get his rise. Yeah. All right. It's dangerous, dangerous territory. Carrying on. Trolling. Carrying on. Last bit of news. 
again, this isn't political either, but Bruce Willis. Bruce Willie? Reportedly. Jersey represent, by the way. Yeah, well, not re- representing well in this scenario because he reportedly was kicked out of a Rite Aid <laughs> because he would not wear a mask. According to the report, other customers in the store became upset that he wasn't wearing a mask, especially since he had a bandana around his neck that could have been pulled up to calm the situation. Willis was asked to leave the store by an employee after not complying with the mask policy and left without purchasing anything. I, I guess there's nothing to roll or troll. Yeah. He does. He did follow up. Um uh, in a yeah, statement, he, he said it was an error in judgment. Be safe out there, everyone, right. and let's continue to mask up. So, actually, here's the roller troll. Are you rolling or trolling with his apology? I guess I, I I'm I'm gonna roll with it for this reason. By all accounts, we're lucky we got that apology. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. By all yeah. accounts of Bruce Bruce's behavior, we're lucky that he walked it back. To that even to that marginal extent um i'm sure he had you know i don't i don't think he was making a political statement i think he's just kind of a curmudgeon like he he just seems that's, to uh, be that's you fair, know i think yeah. but he yeah. seems to be kind of a jerk in in life now he's a great example though we did a we did a a watch instead of a suggest a few we did a rewatch of die hard for our christmas episode you know, Bruce has said mean things to reporters and kind of given people a hard time. He said some mean things about fans, but you know, I may not like his attitude. Love me some diehard. Yeah. Um, I, I'll leave it at this. And I think um, your boy, actually, Kevin Smith, a boy, Jersey represent out a, another Jersey. He tweeted out a, a response to the story. Yeah. Um, and his response was, what a cop-out. <laughs> I love Those it. in the know. Yeah, those in the know. Um, oh God. All right. That does it for us for rolling or trolling. Yeah. Let's get into our suggestions from this past week. Yes, indeed. Neil, you watched The Old Guard. Mm-hmm. I watched Swordfish upon yeah. your suggestion. What do you want to start with? Well, you know what? Let's let's do. Let me start with um, the old guard, okay? Because I just did a rewatch of um, X Men, the, the the first movie with uh, Hugh Jackman. You know, the first time he played Wolverine. So I'm kind of like I'm in a I'm in a let's talk about Hugh's movies mood. Okay, cool. Um, all right. So the old guard on Netflix. A couple of interesting things right off the bat. One, it's uh, over two hours. Not much, but it's over two hours. Um, it, I enjoyed it. Let me say that. I had a good time watching the movie. Mm-hmm. Is it fun something? Movie. A fun movie. May not go back to it, mm-hmm. but a fun movie. Um, I don't like a couple of things, but I don't like this in any film that tries it. When you're making an action film... Don't waste too much time on the poignant moment of like, I'm going to sit quietly and reflect and stare into the camera and we're going to stay there for several beats. Let's move it along. 
Like there were a few moments in this movie that had we done some more editing, could have got this down to a cool hour and 45 minutes. Gotcha. And still have had a great movie. Um, you know, we talked about history a moment ago as a history teacher and a student of history. I liked the concept. So long story short, these figures, they start out being four, then they pick up a, a new member. Um, they are immortals. They have lived through several major uh, moments in history. Our lead, Charlize Theron, who does a good job, uh, has become more believable as an action star. Um, oh, she's she's crushed it as an action crushed star. Crushed it, crushed yeah. it, in, especially in the last like but also, five years. Also, if, seems, if not more, definitely. But seems to have abandoned her previous, um, like almost rom com esque role in life like you know i mean everybody should yeah be able to she really does fun. a lot of she does a yeah. lot of actiony stuff Shifted away. Yeah. A, a lot of action stuff um and just more like dramatic definitely roles more too dramatic stuff yeah but so to the history point she her character name is andy she reveals herself to be andromac or andrew i can't pronounce it right but andromaca and there are two historical references to a woman with that name. Um, in Greece, uh, she's, the she's the wife of Hector of Troy during the Battle of Troy. Um, and there's an Andromach from uh, the Scythian society, which she also claims to be from. Um, so I like that. I like the history part. I like that they threw in like the Salem witch trials and they tried them as witches because they were immortals and all that stuff. Um, there was, speaking of Hugh Jackman, speaking of comic book movies, of which this is one, uh, there was a bit of the, um, the Wolverine Origins movie style of like following her throughout her history. You know, we followed him to like, you know, the Civil War and World War One and two and all that. stuff. So I like that kind of thing. I think they did a good job. They were definitely playing it very serious, not playing it up for like comic booky right. nature. But then again, I haven't read that comic book. So that, that might be the tone of it. Um, fantastic job. Good movie. Good concept. Fun to watch. It was it like it was losing me for a second. And then it pulled me and right back, back up. It yeah. picked back up. There was a, there was a bit of an ebb, but I, I waited five more minutes and then I was back in. Like it was all good. Um, to just to close, let's talk about Charlie Starin for another second. They oh by the way so uh, before we get to that I like to you know whenever you give me a suggestion I always do some trivia on it I always do some like taking a look at some stats. This was. Um, the most popular, popularly streamed movie on Netflix at the, the week it came out. Yes. I think it's something like 80 million homes it was viewed in. Yep. Uh, you know, it had a drop off after that. Yeah, I think it's a, a that was a combination of it's a comic book movie. It has Charlize Theron. Right. And there was a pandemic where everyone was quarantining. Everyone was quarantined. There's going to be a sequel. Yes, there is. And they There's did a, uh, a an end credits, credits right. scene. Which was great. It's like, yeah. um, without they did a good job setting it up. Yes. Yeah. If you watch it, 
uh, if you watch it, there's a, a relationship that pays off in the end um, for viewers if you're if you're invested in it. But let's talk about that. Talking about you know a huge viewership, popular film, and Charlize Theron. They surrounded her by, with you know no names essentially. Like there were a few people in yeah. there that. Like and and here's my example. And what's his the name? villain? Until Four was in there. Choo, 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 right. And, and he's in uh, stuff. He's he plays Baron Mordo in Doctor Strange. Baron Mordo, Doctor Strange, Chewy Edgewater. Here's my thing. We've got Charlize Theron in this film. She's surrounded by no names. The main villain is Dudley Dursley or from Harry Potter. That's who that guy is. Oh. Oh, yeah, he got, he's, he lost he's, weight. He lost a ton of weight. Good for him. Um, and the pig's tail, for those in the know. Yeah. Uh, but what do you think of that? Like, is that a is that a reflection on her career, or is that just a reflection on what Netflix is doing? What do you think of that? Well, I think it's more of one. You know that a, a Charlie's Theron st- standalone movie sells. Right. And two, I think you're giving un- lesser known actors a, a chance to kind of rise yeah. up. You know what I mean? And I'm sure it's also like, listen, this mm-hmm. was probably a very expensive movie for Netflix. Right. Netflix is not, you know, is, is well known for um, spending up money on their their original movies. They got their own but money. But at the same time, you know, maybe they're looking at a movie like that and saying, we don't need, we have Charlie's where we can skimp on the rest of these parts and save us some money. Um, All right. So you don't think they're known actors. You don't think that they like couldn't build a cast around her. You just think this was a conscious effort to, okay. Absolutely not. I I think especially given Charlie, Charlie Saren's other work that she's Mm -hmm. done even recently. Like you look at, um, what was she most recently? And she was in bombshell that had a bunch of people in it. Right. Um, she was in, obviously she, I mean, she's in the fast and furious movies. And furious movies. She, um, okay. she was in the Mad Max Fury road, which had a bunch of people in it. Right. Um, so, you know, she, right. fair, I don't think that's a issue fair, fair, description. fair description. Well then, then congratulations to her because like you said, they're giving these other actors a chance because she can lead because her she own. Because she can carry the movie. Oh, she can yeah. carry her own. And movie. you look at that. That's not something that a lot of actors. I mean, when you really think about it, actors yeah. in general, not just you know female actors, right, male right. actors, whatever it is, you probably have a handful right now that can do something like that. You probably Definitely. have her. She's one of them because she's done it before too, and and some other stuff. Maybe yes. not as successfully as this, I'll, but she's done it. Yeah. You have people like Tom Hanks and Denzel obviously come first to mind right. as people who carry movies just as like, they're the guy. There's no one else in it. Maybe more so Denzel than Tom Definitely. Hanks recently. Yeah. Um I mean, I'm really trying to think of who else is kind of like that. Not many, not many people are on that list. But good, yeah. But good point. Good point. I like that. Excellent film. Good job. I enjoyed myself. Worth the watch. Awesome. I'm glad you liked it. We will try to get you another good one at the end of the pod. Mm. What did you think of Swordfish? 
Swordfish. Yeah. Weird movie. Right? Really? It was a moment in time, that movie. So, like, Swordfish, yes. A moment in time is a good way to describe it. I wouldn't say I disliked the movie. Uh-huh. I wouldn't say it like was the best thing I've ever seen, but it was in that like kind of gray area where like, it's like, I know this really isn't a good movie, but it might <laughs> be one of those like good, bad movies. Uh-huh. Um, because it is, it's like a completely ridiculous movie. It's very like, I was like, oh, this came out in the early 2000s. And of course, I looked it up. It came out in 2001. Right. The vibe of it is very like, you get those kind of like, either there's like a bluish hue to all of the scenes or there's an orange hue. Yes. There's no in between. Um, all the, the clothing and all the style is very like 2001 with yes. you got the um, kind of bleached hair and the 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 clothes that they're wearing a lot of leather and you know weird stuff like that um and it it reminded me a lot of kind of movies that came out around that time too it was funny i thought of gone in 60 seconds looks okay aesthetically like that a lot and it's funny because the person who wrote gone in 60 or directed gone in 60 seconds also directed this movie okay um Something like that, or the writer of that wrote this movie. Um, I was looking that up earlier. Almost like a little bit of the Matrix you get, kind okay. of, as far as the aesthetic. All movies that kind of came out around that time, right? 2000 um, was X-Men. So this was Hugh Jackman's first movie off of X-Men. Uh, first a movie. A Hugh in X-Men as well, I noticed today. Absolutely. A, a, a lot of them. That? A lot of them are, are like that in those early 2000s. Yeah. Um, good, like solid, very campy performances from everyone. I'll, I'll focus on the positive first. Okay. Um, Hugh Jackman does a really good job show like continues to like show his range because Mm -hmm. he was not very known for anything outside of like kind of like musical kind of romantic stuff Mm -hmm. prior to x-men does x-men follows it up with this um to stay kind of on that edgy kind of vibe i guess that he was going for um halle berry good job she's kind of there to be there um John Travolta, very campy. I know he was kind of panned for this performance at the time, and I think he was even nominated for a Razzie. Yeah, I get for this it. I get performance. That. Right. It's a ridiculous performance, but yes. like, to me, that's kind of Travolta, and I that's don't mean the, that in a bad know, way. It's the joy um, of Travolta. Yeah, it was. You know, he's got some crazy hair, and uh, that's a statement he's making. His hairdo, his facial hair, all of it was something. Um, solid action. I I had a tough time following the logic of what Travolta's plan was, didn't really make much sense, right? Um, I also have, I still don't understand how he survived. Uh-huh. The, spoiler alert i don't understand how right. he survives at the end well you saw that there was a like a the person he was being 
Yes. There. Uh, sp- the hell with it. Spoiler alert. We're spoiling. Yeah. We're spoiling. So just spoiling. So there's, because there's... I need to. I need you to explain this to me. <laughs> this is now the podcast. I need this is you now to explain podcast. Swordfish. <laughs> you like so? Didn't you see? In the when like they find out he survives and they go through like it's like a, a, a flashback. He's playing someone else. Like John Travolta cool. is playing the the character of a guy who's been dead. Yes, but like okay, so that's why he had the crazy hair and face. Here's, here's the thing: you had because they talk about illusion and like that's a whole yeah. big theme, right? Like misdirection. Right. Um, I, but I don't know if they actually stuck that misdirection landing as hard as they were selling it. Probably um, not. So at one point in the middle of the movie, Hugh Jackman's character is goes into the um, wine cellar. Right. Going to get a bottle of wine, and he sees the body of what looks like John Travolta. Dead guy Travolta. He leaves the wine cellar, and there's living John Travolta. Right. Then at the end of the movie, again, all the spoilers, mm-hmm. Hugh Jackman blows up the helicopter that presumably had John Travolta in it. Yes. You see the body bag later on to identify the body, and it's John Travolta. But then at the end, John Travolta's on a boat with Halle Berry, who also faked her death. So I just don't understand how you had two John Travolta bodies. And there's a third well, living John Travolta. I don't like, think that had, didn't make sense to me. I don't think you had two John Travolta bodies. I think the body in the morgue is the body from the wine cellar. Okay, that's you fine. I mean? That makes yeah. sense. But how did he get, like, did he ever go onto the helicopter? I'm pretty sure he got on the helicopter. But that's the misdirection. Up. That's the mis- was Okay, he on so there? maybe that's, okay, right. maybe that's a misdirection. It would have been lovely for them to explain how he. <laughs> managed right. to not get on that helicopter and still right. escape with all the feds who are now on the building. Um, and then where did the original John Travolta body come from? The dead one. How are there well, two that's, of him? That's the house they're in. That's the rich like criminal. So did he just get in. a bunch of plastic surgery to look exactly like him? Is this a sequel well. to Face Off? <laughs> Listen, I think... I think you're way too invested. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm so invested. I, I don't think I'm they got, in, I you know, in, it's not true. It's the not, logic is twisting me all up. Yeah. It's not plastic surgery. I think he just, that was his thing. He like inhabits these roles, does his job and bangs in and out and moves to the next thing. Okay, uh, other thing. Cause it's, yeah. it's rant time now. Go now I'm, I'm in. Full oh boy. Mode. We've, we've poked the bear. The, his two henchmen in the beginning of the movie. Right. They're interrogating a hacker in yes. the CSI FBI facility. Right. They waltz in, wait for them to leave the interrogation room. No one's behind the two-way glass except for them. They murder the two, the the witness and the lawyer. Right. And then they walk out. Walk out. No follow-up on how they manage to do that. Misdirection. They just walk out. How were they able to get in? Chalk Are they up. able to just leave? Why was there no one in that other side of the two-way glass watching Don't any of this? Chalked up to misdirection. Didn't make any sense. Um, hacking. Yes. I'm, well, remember, I this have, is 2000 hacking. I, uh, I know, but okay. I, I, I don't know system. much about hacking. 
Uh-huh. But I do know that is not how it works. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't just type real Best. fast random numbers. Correct. And like having six monitors doesn't mean you have a supercomputer. You just have six monitors. You just have six monitors. Right. Correct. Also true. Also true. But again, it's like, 2001. I know. It's ridiculous. Like they're just trying to make it look cool. We I don't have it, the Apple iStation like, home. I, I don't. Turn but your like, lights on while brushing your teeth and, and wiping they, your body. You know. Machine. Um, I think the, the Halle Berry twist was fine. It yeah. was kind. Of, I actually didn't see it coming, so I'll give them that. That nice. part of their misdirection, I didn't see coming because at first I was like, "Oh wow, they just killed Harry Halle Berry. What was the point of her this entire right. time?" Um, I still think they didn't do anything for that character. Like, okay, she, like didn't do her justice. They didn't do her justice. Like, what was her motivation for? Like, you understood when it, she was apparently an undercover DEA agent. Right. Like, oh, okay. She's in this with, with Hugh Jackman and all that. But when it turns out that she's not actually one, then it's like, okay, well, why did she do all this? Like, I would have liked to know that. That would have been interesting. Um, Agreed. I think that's pretty much all I got. A shout out to Don Cheadle. Um, shout out to Don solid. Cheadle. Yeah, solid job. Early he, he deserves a, a shout out as well. He was he was in this and and does a nice job as the um, whatever agent he is <laughs> for whatever government agency he's working for. And yeah, crazy movie. It's it seemed like it was just one they were trying to like really like be edgy. Yes, and put some crazy stuff in. Um, so they did it, and yep. good job by them. And you know. You got an entertaining, bad, but kind of good because it's bad movie. Kept you thinking. So, yeah. Nice. All right. Well, good. I'm glad. What is your suggestion for me this week, sir? Oh, man. (laughs) This is a toughie. So, well, I guess as, as usual, are you in the mood for anything? Well, I am suggesting to you uh, a comic book themed thing this week. Interesting. I, like I said, I just rewatched X Men. Um, So it doesn't have to be comic book, but I think something in the early aughts fashion of, of deep blue. Action slash, you know, oh, whatever you got. Geez. I figured we should stay away from rom-coms and anything like that until February. That's fair. That's and fair. then that maybe we can make that the month of the uh, romantic comedy films. So, okay, I have two possibilities for you. I'm ready for your possibilities. I don't know how your TV docket is, if it's filled up or not. I've got some shows I'm watching. Because both of my suggestions are shows. Okay. One of which is from the early 2000s. um, That goes kind of, it went on for five seasons. Very good show. Okay. Um, The other is a newer show that I'm not sure if you've seen. 
Um, but it is the comedy, action-y, but also dramedy type of show. Both on HBO. Okay. Mine's on HBO as well, so that'll be a theme for today. Um, I think I want to... I think I would like to laugh this week, sir. Okay. I think we need a laughter. Okay. So I'm going to go with... And I hope you haven't seen it yet. Barry. I have not. Yes. Okay. I have not heard okay. about it. Excited to see it. So Barry reason. starring and my gosh, I cannot believe I am forgetting his name. Oh, it's starring Bill Hader. Bill Hader. Yeah. That took me a who second. R- wrote the show as well. Good for him. Um, and stars in it. And also, your boy, Henry Winkler, which I shocks, love Henry Winkler. which is the reason why I was surprised you yeah. haven't seen the show. Um, essentially, and this isn't giving anything away, right? Bill Hader plays a hitman huh. who goes to Los Angeles for a hit and decides he wants to get out of the hitman business and become an actor. <laughs> Only he's not good at acting, so he has to take acting classes at right. Henry Winkler's character's acting class. But Henry Winkler's playing a character. It's not like Henry Winkler teaching acting. No, no, no. Okay. He's All playing right. he's playing a character. And there is there's one character in this show that might be one of my favorite all-time characters on a TV show. Uh-huh. He's the funniest. He's so funny. And I want you to watch out for him. He's Noho Hank. Okay, it is no the character's name. He is so unbelievably funny. <laughs> um, anyways, I can't wait to hear what you have to say for, about uh, it. Um, I definitely give it a watch. I'm gonna pref. I'm gonna say this. You have been very good with TV shows. You have a better record uh, of hit batting average with TV shows for me. Few misses. I binged both seasons of um, the Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn. I don't know why I was having a brain fart. It's okay. Harley Quinn show after you suggested it become one of my favorites. Um, You know, you turned me on to Scrubs many, many moons ago. Turned me on to a few other shows along the way. New Girl. Excellent. So I'm excited. I I, I have good faith in you. And Barry also is only two seasons and they're half hour episodes Oh, and so there's only like right 10 through. episodes a season. So Beautiful. Beautiful. it's a, it's a good binge. It's a good, good binge. binge. Um, my suggestion for you and you may have uh, seen this in which case I will have to pivot and I'll queue up uh, my pivoting readiness. Um, it's a cartoon but it's okay. a movie. Okay. We've discussed this uh, before. Um, I've referenced it as a comic and I've referenced it as the as a movie and so forth, but never actually talked about it flat out. Okay. Have you seen The Dark Knight Rises? The returns. I'm confusing. Returns the, co- the, the comic cartoon? book. Yeah. Yes. 
You have. Yes, seen. I have. Okay. It's the one based on the, the graphic novel, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. Correct, correct. Yes, correct, I, correct. I have seen it. All right. So I've been doing, like I said, I've been doing rewatches and um, I, I was going to do that one. I did uh, Batman Hush. I don't know if you watch that one. I did Hush. I did, you know, the X-Men. I did a few other things. I'm mm-hmm. watching the animated series. So, but I'm going to pivot out of there. I'm going to pivot out of there and I'm going to move to a, uh, another 90s movie. Okay. Okay. Um, starring James Woods. Okay. Starring uh, Michael J. Fox. Okay. Um, comedy, dramedy. Uh, I forget the guy's name, but he was like the villain in the Avatar movie. Um, and he's been in a bunch of other stuff. Good actor. It is called on HBO Max The Hard Way. The Hard Way. The Hard Way. I've never even heard of this movie. It is a good movie. Okay. It's it's a fun one. It's right in the right in the Michael J. Fox heyday. Like it's right when he was the the star at the time. You know, he's coming yep. off of a high of, you know, uh, Back to the Futures. I think I like I said. I think this was ninety or ninety one. So the eighties are over, but Michael J. Fox is still famous. Um, he hasn't made it to Spin City, which was his television show yet, and he's doing this. So it's just very, 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 very good movie about a cop essentially. So James Woods is a police officer. Michael J. Fox is an actor that's about to play a cop. He goes to follow James Woods around. James Woods is not happy about it. Okay. I'm in. Yeah. I think you're going to enjoy it. Sounds good. And I'm going to watch Barry. And then you'll watch Barry. Um, Awesome. Well, we will watch our suggestions. We have WandaVision episode three coming up. I'm sure we are going to have a ton of news coming out this week, hopefully. What is, what is the day of the next WandaVision release? Friday. Friday. Every Friday. Every we Friday. We get a new WandaVision, and we will be recapping. Um, every single episode throughout the season. Yeah, we will. Just like we did with Mando. Um, thank you guys again for listening. Uh, if you're new to the to the podcast, please like, subscribe, thumbs up, leave a review. Um, nice review, though. Yes, you, you can keep it to yourself if you don't like it. Save your um, letters. We're available on anywhere you can listen to podcasts. Uh, we are also available on Neil's website, glued to the screen.com. That is glued the number two, the screen.com. Yep. Again, we appreciate you for listening in. Neil, what do you have to say to the people? Stream on, y'all.